JC Corner episode 116. 116, Brooksy boy. Back on our regular schedule, Wednesday mornings. That's right. Feels good. Mm-hmm. I knew there was something good feeling waking up this morning. Yep, yep. Birds were birds were chirping. We're ready to go. We, we were. We got I, our bolts gear on. It's we good. got our bolts gear on. Here they are back in another Stanley Cup final. Against all odds. Going it's for fantastic. three in a row. It's fantastic. Do you think anything has to do with Casey Corner and their run? Yes, I actually, <laughs> yes, I do. I think John Cooper called me last night and said, hey, thank you. Keep it going, going strong. Mm-hmm. Go so, on, uh, keep, keep it going for the boys. He said, good luck in, in episode 116. I'm like, thanks, Coop. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you go get him. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> we've, we've got our best blue lightning shirts we on do. this morning. We do. No, nothing can go wrong nothing today. Nothing could go great. wrong today. It's just, a, it's just a beautiful day overall. It's a beautiful day. It really is. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see next Wednesday what the what the series score is. And that, that'll 100% Ooh, determine our Yeah, mind. for sure. Makes me a little <laughs> nervous saying that. So, anyway. Well, and we had a Saturday night game, too, and I think oh, another I Saturday night yeah. game this week, which is not great for a pastor. No, it's not great for a pastor. Night. You know, and it, well, let's look at it this way. Let's flip the coin and say that what is great, it makes me know that I really want to have a stop time that mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. And yeah. uh, by puck drop, I want to make sure that I feel good about Sunday's message and yeah. Sunday service. So. Mm-hmm. It changes. Uh, the, the lawn probably won't get the same attention. Uh, you know, I probably won't have the same Saturday chores because I'll be, I'll be here polishing up at the end. But that's okay. It's all good. You got the flag flying in the front yard. Got the so flag flying, which is good. Yep, indeed. So <laughs> well, we can jump into the good stuff now. Uh, right. We talked about God's family values, part two, talking about life last week and kind of continuing on that sermon series. But you know, uh, when you talk about life and the, and you realize, my opening illustration was just about what the Supreme Court is now doing in the recent leak that came out of the majority report. And it looks like Roe versus Wade might be overturned from the Supreme Court level. And all the states seem to now be making their move. Uh, you know, so the the conversation of life is in uh, the, the market today. It's, it's in everyone is going to be dealing with that. And it's so important for us to know as Christians, what is what is our worldview? Why? What shapes it? So even on Sunday, if you have a chance to go back and listen, if you haven't listened to it, you'll see that's a little bit different in my sermon is that I really spent a little bit of time going back and saying, hey, we got to understand a worldview. We have to understand as Christians, um, uh, God is calling us to transform our minds. He's, he's calling us to take every thought captive. He's calling us to, to put on love. And then with the reality, when it gets to life, we got to start there because it's so precious and life's value is absolutely connected to God's value. And so, Brooks, as you see, a lot of the arguments is my body, my right, or or I have, you know, I don't want anybody else in my bedroom telling me what we can and can't do or whatever. And I understand that. And as I mentioned on Sunday, and you know this, Brooks, in your 25 years, I've seen it in my 56, uh, 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 26 years. Sorry, Brooksy. <laughs> I didn't mean to tell you how right you are, man. That's right. Um, hey, man, we both have a six at the end. Anyway, so um, let me get back to the point. And I've completely almost lost the point, but ha- hang on. You've seen in your, your 26 and my 56 years, Americans love their rights. Mm-hmm. And you start messing with their <clears> rights, <throat> people get all out of control. But when it comes to, is it our right to be able to have an abortion or not? Listen, the value of life is t- tied to the value of God. And there is nothing more valuable than our God. It's infinite worth. It's so precious. And we looked at scripture saying it's precious in the womb because God is the craftsman. It's pre- precious no matter what. And then as Christians, our life has been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. So it doesn't get better than that. So, yeah. 
And even more so, I know the focus on the sermon was obviously abortion and life in that way, but even just life in general, having value, having purpose, when he said, mm. <clears throat> the value of life begins and ends with the value of good. Jeez. <clears throat> Good coffee there, huh, Brooks? Are you getting all coffee. choked up, man? I love We're it. We're back. We're back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the value of life begins and ends with the value of God. Life is a gift of God and created by God for God. Yes. So the by God being the value and for God being the purpose. So saying that there's purpose to our lives. Amen. Uh, not, not just in the sense of abortion and everything like that. And you, we talked a little bit about that. It's so important for the Christian to know that the value never has been lost because sin came into the equation. It was marred. Uh, you know, the humanity is greatly marred, but we still reflect the image of God. But the purpose for God was lost in sin. And, and man is going to forever wander uh, and not know its purpose until he finds its rest in God. That's an Augustine quote, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I kind of twisted it a little bit. But man, such a great quote from a guy who lived in the 300s. I mean, un unbelievable. But anyway, the, the point is, you know, in the gospel, our purpose is restored. I love at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, which is this great resurrection text in verse 58, it says, hey, but now what we do in the Lord, we don't do it. It doesn't happen in vain. It's not in vain. Our purpose has been restored. So what do you think our ultimate purpose is? Let me throw this back on you. What's what's our, what's our the chief end of man? What is our primary purpose? Glorify God and enjoy him forever. Boom, you Boom. nailed it. <laughs> I love it. And so, you know, obviously if you don't know God, you can't glorify him. Um, if Jesus isn't your king, you're not going to live for his kingdom. And so, but as Christians, think about this, those who are listening. If you are a Christian, you have a restored relationship with your heavenly father and Jesus is your king. And our priority has been restored, and that is seek ye first the kingdom of God. And our purpose has been restored, and that is not in vain. So no matter if you're at Baseball Cloud or you're at King's Chapel or you're doing whatever you're doing, um, that purpose has been restored. Mm -hmm. I love the point. Life is a reflection of God. God has infinite value, so life has infinite value as well. Exactly. It's a great, great way of looking at it. And just... The language that's used in talking about creation of like being fearfully and wonderfully made, mm. made in his own image. It's not just like a, a quick, like we made you like yeah. it, we were made in so many perfectly different ways um, with that. You know, and, and uh, there's a lot of debate on how Genesis one and two tell the account of creation. And so here God, God's going to tell us how he created everything. How, how does he do it? And isn't it wonderful? He didn't give us a textbook, you know, mm. so people get frustrated that, hey, this is not. This doesn't sound like science. It's all about science we hear mm -hmm. these days, you know. It was more about poetry. It was more God gives us truth, and he gives us truth the way he decides to give us truth. And he gives us Genesis 1 and 2. They both tell a creation story. And it's told in a beautiful, you know, kind of poetic way of God creating. And I love, I love the beauty and depth of God's poetry that... There's a pause in that, and that, mm -hmm. that, that God, there's a council that will take place. Like, where'd this council come from? Who are let us? Where's the us? You know, you know, in the beginning was God, and all of a sudden you get down to verse 26, let us make man in our own image. But there's a there's a separation of God creating everything else and God creating us uh, that that says, wait a minute, hit pause. You know, there there's something important happening here, and God is doing something different, and mm -hmm. He's making man and. Uh, and he's making woman, he's making them in his own image, in his own likeness, he is creating them. And again, even I mentioned that that word creating is used three times uh, in, in verse 27. He's like, I just want you to make sure that you know, craftsman, 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 I am the one who did it. It's all about me. And as you mentioned, Psalm 139 
hey, I didn't say I just threw you together in your mother's womb. I, I wove you together. You know, you mm-hmm. are intricately and wonderfully, beautifully made. And mm-hmm. uh, Brooks Bowen Robinson, that's true for you, true, true for Jeffrey Peter Jakes and everyone who lived. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. As, you know, someone that struggled uh, with the language arts and like the Dante's Inferno and yeah. the Odyssey and all these like uh, very deep, I don't even know how to describe it because I'm terrible with arts, but right. very poetic and things like the Bible reading those stories. It just makes much more sense and you emphasize different things and it, it's incredible. It is incredible. And by the way, when you mention those things, I get nervous because I don't know what in the world they are either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, you, I was never, just never great with language arts and literature. And To me, it's those, Shakespeare. Those, yeah. Shakespeare. Some, some people just like, oh my gosh, it's the greatest. And I'm he like, said this, and he, but he really means this. I'm like, but he wrote this. Like, <laughs> exactly. He, he definitely meant this. Exactly. Like, this is, these are the words on the page. And these are weird words, man. <laughs> Who talks like yeah, this, yeah. you know? So those, A2 Brute. I mean, yeah. I don't know what he is saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, the Almighty God wrote a way better book. He did. He wrote it. I mean, Shakespeare, <laughs> apparently he was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. I don't know. He doesn't have the Brooks stamp of approval. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the ultimate right there, you know. Oh, my God. The, the, the Colacott Award. What, what, what were those awards you used to get? Uh, anyway, I don't know what they are. I didn't either. get any so, of them. So I, it doesn't matter. Either. Gee. All right, here. Oh, man, we we're digress. Off the we're off the so, so for part three, God, God's family values, what do we have coming for next yeah, We're going to talk about gender. And again, this is one of those topics, Brooks, I never thought I'd preach on. I mean, the value of gender, the value of male and female and all that is happening in this LGBTQ plus or whatever the, uh, uh, the right acronym is now, um, is it's really interesting is that almost the gender of woman is being lost, even mm-hmm. in the debate about um, uh, abortion. You know, they're not talking about a woman's right anymore. They're talking about a, uh, a pregnant person's right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you think about what's happening with uh, that University of Penn swimmer who... Mm-hmm. Uh, as a transgender athlete, was was winning some awards in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to think, what is this doing to a woman's sport? I mean, mm-hmm. if you allow a transgender athlete in to compete with women, and I, I, I want to do a little bit more research before this, but I, I believe that the, uh, uh, this is a terrible way to set this up, but the New York Times was even talking recently about the loss of the word woman and mm-hmm. uh, the loss of gender. And you think... You know, the the society that we've lived in, or I've lived in longer than you, has fought for the rights of women, the voting rights, the the, uh, the equal pay rights. And, and, and it's kind of in, in a terribly twisted, wrong, ironic way, the more liberal we get, we're losing what a woman is. I mean, we saw on that Supreme Court interview, uh, the latest justice going there at being asked, what's a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And, well, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> and so... <laughs> You know, it's it's not that easy to just say, you know, hey, what's a what's a woman these days? So I, I digress, but let me get to the point and say God's story includes a male and a female for a reason. And there's some really cool reasons, I believe. And mm-hmm. so um, I think everybody um, in, in our world, in our life, in our society, everybody's sexuality has been broken because of sin. And that brokenness is going to lead to some ambiguity and understanding of what gender means and what gender feels like and what gender should do. Um, and I think that the the liberal side of things is going to celebrate almost a loss of gender or, or that gender is fluid. But if we go back to the beginning and we see that God had gender for a reason and, and the story's incomplete, uh, the last thing I'll say, and I'd love you to jump in, you know, 
it was really interesting to me that in paradise, when God made Adam, everything was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it must have been amazing. Um, I can't imagine this place is really good now, but it's been cursed. Uh, what was it like before a curse? But there was one thing that wasn't good, and that was the solitude of man, the loneliness of man. He's with God. How can he be alone? He's ruling over creation. What's alone about that? Uh, it sounds like man was on the greatest fishing trip ever, you know, but um, but it was not good because the story was incomplete. So God didn't make another man. Um, he made a woman. Mm-hmm. And together he gave them a command. And, uh, you know, God's plan can't be fulfilled without a male and a female to mm-hmm. multiply and fill the earth. I think that's the main difference in beliefs in like non-Christians and Christians is non-Christians think it's just rules that you have to follow uh, if you're good you know, you make it to heaven or whatever. And they think some of the rules are crazy, uh, like like what we're talking about here. But really, it's we believe that an almighty God created the world and that the world is broken. So the things that he says, how it should be, that that's how it should be. Those are the laws that we want to follow because we believe in him, not to follow him to climb up, climb up a ladder. So we believe that there's just a God that's that created a world that's currently broken. You know, there's this noetic effects of sin, um, and that is that sin has affected the way we think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we love being logical because why? God's logical. Mm-hmm. Part of his image is we're, we want to think logically. But sin has messed up that logic, you know, and, and uh, we feel like we could logic our way into, hey, it's somebody thought it's a good idea that gender should be fluid mm-hmm. and uh, that that you should be able to choose or a child should be able to choose even at an early age what gender they choose to be what pronouns they choose to use i mean so there was somebody who said this is logical you Mm -hmm. know let's forget biology and let's forget creation and a god let's uh let's let a five-year-old a six-year-old determine you know what gender they are Mm -hmm. and uh yeah um and, and they think that we're crazy. And, and again, the world is going to think that we're crazy. It's foolishness. Uh, it's, you know, Paul said that, you know, it's, uh, it's weakness and foolishness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weakness to the Jews and it's foolishness to the Greeks uh, to believe in a crucified Savior that, that rescues us. Mm-hmm. But I, I love your words, Brooks, because I think they're so good. It's such a good worldview is, hey, God created the world. He's got the right to speak into it. He sees it properly. We don't because of sin. We got to listen to him and walk by faith. Mm-hmm. And and that's, man, that's fantastic. I hope you all heard that out, Casey Land. That's uh, a <laughs> that's Brooks Robinson uh, wisdom from that twenty six year old. <laughs> and you made the point last week. I think it's probably going to apply to just every part of the sermon series. Is above above all, put on love. Yeah. Um, I know with the, one of the, our old youth pastors when he stepped down. Um, to pursue other things he talked about like mm. going to the gay lesbian community and just loving on them like mm-hmm. and they need love too it's it's not hating who they are and mm-hmm. outcasting them or anything like that mm-hmm. it's above all putting on love and knowing that they're loved mm-hmm. um, is, is extremely important it's so important and you wonder well why don't we i mean and i think it's really a a truncated understanding of the gospel. Because if you really understand the gospel, that you're saved solely by God's grace through faith, that we are no different. I mean, and so we have no reason to cast stones because it's all by God's grace we are who we are. And the lavish love that God has got upon us, shouldn't we put on love? Mm -hmm. I mean, shouldn't that be who we are? And, And 
I think that I mentioned this on Sunday. I think the church really needs to own the fact that we've done a poor job loving those outside our camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've we've put up more walls and we've thrown more stones and we've written um, you know billboards or signs that have been pretty hateful. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you know, I, I I think I mentioned on Sunday. Um, Hey, do you know anybody in, in that community or a community outside of the Christian camp? I think if we only know people within our camp, if we only have interactions with them, that's hard to be salt and light. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to make an impact if we're creating a holy huddle. You mm-hmm. know, if it's and we see denominations like the Amish, uh, the Mennonite, a lot of those are trying to separate from the world to try to keep purity. But I think we press into the gospel and make sure that we are holy because God is holy. But as you said, love those who Mm -hmm. need love more than anybody. So so we got a fun week ahead. Fun week ahead for sure. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) We we do. We have a fun week ahead. And uh, hey, uh, summer is here. The good news is it's only been a billion degrees so far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think I woke up and the sun was like right next door. It's that time of year (laughs) when you just walk out to your car to get something out of it and you come back in, you're just drenched in sweat. It's like, oh my goodness. I know. It is... It is, it is hot, and uh, um, but hey, with the summer here, there's some really exciting things that, that are happening. We got our first KC family game night, um, which is going to be a week from tomorrow. June 23rd. June 23rd. Good mm-hmm. job, gotcha. Brooks. I gotcha. God, God, that's fantastic. So really looking forward to that. Starts at 5 p.m., uh, 5 to 7. It's going to be a cookout. Um, I, I'm hoping that our KC family responds and comes out and hangs out together. We seem to do well together, so come and hang out. We're going to have... Tomorrow night, we're going to have a, uh, those who are interested in worship come out and, and jam. And I, we look forward to that greatly. A big thing is for us is going to be VBSs coming. And that's mm-hmm. July 18th through 21st. And mm-hmm. uh, so excited about that, which will be fantastic. So uh, some big things in the summer. And, and really, we're, we're adding, which I'm so excited to announce, we're adding one more week of uh, our spiritual gift class. And... Uh, Charlie's going to be back at it on the 26th, both in the morning and in the evening. So two slots. So again, Casey, uh, King's Chapel family, listen, we really would love for you not only to take that uh, uh, exam, that booklet, you know, that spiritual uh, gift assessment, but also go to the class and hear how we want to use the data. I mean, we're finding out like, oh, that's cool. This person's got a gift of intercessory prayer. You know, we're going to put them on our prayer team. Oh, Oh, it's really cool. This is... This person has the teaching gifts, doesn't feel like they want to teach Sunday school, but but they could probably help us explain things to, you know, to other folks. So it's really been cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I we have about 35, 40% of our people have gone through it. We got a decent amount um, that are signed up for the next Sunday. We're adding another Sunday. You know, I'm hoping to get as close to 100%, which I know is never going to happen. But, you mm-hmm. know, a, a real... High number would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. And then Father's Day this Sunday, too. Oh, my goodness. Big day. <laughs> you didn't want to be boastful and just m- m- mention that for yourself. Well, I'm glad you said I didn't want to be boastful because the truth is I was forgetful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, Dad. Uh, but, yeah, good, big day coming. Love it. Uh, so we've got a packed summer this summer. So packed summer. Lots of events. Uh, hop in. Yeah, exactly. Jump in in one way or the other. We really would love you. To, we're better, get, better together. Mm-hmm. Anything else before we jump? Yeah, one big thing. Go Bolts. Go Bolts. All right. We'll see you. See you guys.